white and milky. <laughs> You're white and milky too. <laughs> that is so gross though. You don't like is that how you describe skin color as milky? <laughs> I just that's how I imagine you and Jordan. Like immediately when I picture you both, you're both like very pale and white in my head. <laughs> like a glass of milk. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. And we're here with another episode about race, preferences, crushes. But before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. So while I had a super busy week this week at work and I did a lot of overtime, that was cleared with my manager because we basically had to do something within five days that we normally do over a period of seven days. And we had much less people working on it, I guess, than normal. And it was a lot of bigger of a task than normal, or at least like it felt like it. But I'm not going to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact that Jordan recently, or yesterday, started saying that he wanted a new desk. And Prabby has this like massive desk where he fits like three monitors, his computer, everything. It's really nice. It It's a standing desk as well. So... Jordan's like, I want one. So he started looking up standing desks. And then I started looking up standing desks. And then he was like, you know what? After a couple of hours, he's like, I don't really want one. But I am in my shopping phase right now. So (laughs) I found a desk that I really, really wanted. And it's not that expensive for a standing desk. Like, it's cheaper than the ones on Ikea. It fits all my requirements, specifically, like, the size. Because I only have such a small area that I could, like, fit it into. So I'm like, okay. Am I going to be a standing desk person? Am I actually going to use the standing part of it? Because I read in a study that sitting for long periods of time is equal to being like obese or like smoking your entire life. So now I'm like, oh my God, I need to stand more. But then they also say that it can be counteracted with physical activity of like 60 to 75 minutes Mm of moderately intense activity. I'm like, is that every day that? i'm sitting or is that just like in like how many times a like a week 60 to 75 or is it 60 to 75 total so i don't know i didn't dig that far into the rabbit hole but i'm like now i took the back off of my chair because originally my like chair had a back to be like okay can i use my chair as potentially like a stool when i do want to sit but then stand every other time so i'm kind of like trialing it out and i really want the standing desk so about that article you read i vaguely remember reading about this too back in like my fourth year university and it was something pushed by lobbyists who were trying to vote in favor of cigarettes um and they were saying like cigarettes aren't that bad for you how do you know that sitting actually doesn't cause all this cancer and obesity problems and all these like lung cancer stuff it's actually sitting that's the problem so i think that's what happened when i had read that research stuff and i sure hope you don't disprove i guess it's too late because i already presented this to my class but it's okay i was 
when you started that sentence, I was like, who the heck is lobbying <laughs> for, for sitting? Or like, I was like, for, part of me was like, is it the standing desk lobbyists? Like, that's such a niche, so like, lobby. I'm like, why are it's just they... just the cigarettes people. Why are they even... <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And that could be the case because I did maybe look at, like, two or three articles on this and I did not dig that much deeper because, like, I think in general they just say that sitting isn't that good for you mm-hmm. and you should not be so sedentary. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. Um... But yes, that is what I'm currently wrestling with now. Because once my mind is cleared of all that work, now I can think about the, the mundane desk. stuff. Of exactly, will a standing desk fit in your work area, like right now in your room? Yes. So right now, my desk is the biggest thing. Is kind of the depth. Um, right now, I think it's like 19 or just like under 20 inches, and this desk is 24. So it'd be four mm. inches wider which would make the area a little bit more tight but if I do spend most of my time standing and not sitting it actually would give me more space hmm. um and then the desk right now I have I think is like 34 inches wide in length um and then the new one would be about 55 which hmm. does still fit mm-hmm. which would give me a space like horizontally mm-hmm and vertically and whatever I, I don't know how to describe like uh dimensions out loud but yeah so it give me more space overall and i was thinking about putting a nice little like whiteboard sticker on it so i can write down notes like Cute. if i need to do notes last minute yeah i know i could be like like i could be like that girl cute i always think i'm gonna be that girl and then sometimes i read back my writing and i'm like ew what was i saying <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could just type, and I have just been typing, uh-huh. but there's something satisfying with, like, crossing things off. I agree. The productive so, girl in you. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I'm currently struggling with that. These are, these are good struggles to have. So what's your update this week? My update is my poor dog, Jackie, has gotten into something. And he had such a bad stomach ache. And he did warn us all day. Okay, so his first thing... Wait, let me backtrack. I was worried that it was because I had given him a small piece of smoked salmon. And then I had Googled it, and smoked salmon is not good for dogs. Um, so that I was freaking out. And this only happened after Jackie had already thrown up. So first, he came back from the gym, Jackie threw up, and I was like, oh no. Is it getting too cold for him or is he too hot? And then he starts like panting and whining like crazy. And we're like, oh my God. Okay, we'll take we'll take him out. But then me and Nick were like after the gym, we're kind of like slow and we're like, eh, okay, like we're going. But we're like still taking our sweet ass time. And then poor Jackie, he warned us. He pooped right in the middle of our condo. And this is the second time this has happened. It's, it's a once a year thing. And we're like, huh, that one was our fault. He warned us. So then Nick took him out. I cleaned it up, um, and then afterwards, it like he didn't go throughout the night. He went at like I woke up at seven a.m. Now I know like my the his telltale signs are him panting, him um, just staring at us while we sleep, kind of like hovering over us a little bit, which is kind of funny. And then he has this like morning dentist stick, and if he refuses that snack, 
we know something's wrong, and when he tries to follow us into the bathroom. So those four things, I think. So those are kind of like the signs that you know something's wrong and that he really needs to urgently go. So 8 a.m., took him out. 8 or 7 a.m., I forget what I said. And yeah, took him out. And then that was just kind of like on a every two, three hour basis, those signs kept coming up. So we're like, okay, keep taking him out. Poor guy. It's just water coming out of him, basically. And then it continued into the, well, the nighttime, he was like kind of recovering. He seemed like he had his energy back. He was eating and everything. We're like, cool, don't need to go to the vet and spend hundreds of dollars. Then the next morning, actually, no, throughout the night, uh, we went to bed at around 2 a.m. And then 4 a.m., I hear him panting and I wake up, take him out. And then um, again, 6 a.m., actually 4 a.m., I should really shout out to Nick because I am afraid of going out that late at night. So I woke Nick up and then Nick, without any questions, without giving me any sass, just like took Jackie, I gave him his pants and then he just like went out the door. And then um, that's when we were talking about like, oh my God, was it the smoked salmon? Was it the fried chicken we gave him? We only give him like little pieces here and there. Um, and yeah, and then 6 a.m. and then 9 a.m. I took him out again. So then we took him to the vet, got him all his pills and stuff. He's, he's fixed, but for now he cannot eat any of his snacks. He must eat his dog food and his prescribed dog food is $5 a can. And we were like, let's just take the two cans. It's not like he doesn't need it. Like he only threw up the one time. They're like, if it was a consistent thing then I we recommend more, but it's fine. So now Jackie refuses to eat his normal food. He is obsessed with that $5 a can food that we cannot afford. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for now, he's done. He's done his stomach problems. Um, our boy is saved. We have scheduled his neutering as well because it was pretty cheap through the vet. So that is my, that's my dog mom update. Okay. So questions. Yes. Was it the salmon or the fried chicken that you fed him? I did ask the vet about the smoked salmon because I was, first I was like, oh my God, I have a theory doctor that it's the smoked salmon I gave him. And she was like, why is that bad? And I was like, well, I Googled it and it says that he could get worms or something from eating smoked salmon. And she was like, no, unless you're giving him like a huge amount, that's fine. And I was like, phew, okay. And then I was going to bring up the fried chicken, but then I was like, Ugh, maybe not. I don't know why. I was just like, oh man, she's going to think I'm an awful dog mom for giving my son some smoked salmon and some pieces of chicken skin because I don't like eating the chicken skin. Uh, second thing is why not take him out to the balcony? To poop on the balcony? I don't like, do you not have like a thing on the balcony that you like for emergency type of things? No, he's like pretty good. Like I think okay. the longest he's held it is like 24 hours like he's like a he's like a very like clean like well-trained dog does not pee poo anywhere um also our condo does not mm -hmm. permit that they're like do not let your dog go on the, out there and we have like they're like little bricks so there's like little spaces in between so i feel like cleaning that would be even worse than cleaning it if it was on like normal floors yeah gross very gross um Okay, question three. Why do you think, or like, why were you expecting Nick to give you sass for waking him up at 4 a.m. when it's both of your dogs, primarily his? Oh, mostly because I feel like if, no, some context. When Nick wakes me up from my nap, I'm very cranky. And in that moment, I think he's the worst person in the world. 
So overall, I give him kind of attitude and sass when I wake up. So I'm very shocked that he didn't give me attitude and sass. Okay, that is fair. But also, if Nick woke you up because Jackie had shit all over the floor, for example, do you think that you would give him sass? I think I might be, like, kind of cranky. Hmm. I'm like, hey, you could have just cleaned this up. Uh, And my last and final question is, why did you end up going home? Oh, for the Friday? When, yes. Yeah. When Nick could have taken care of it. It was because the week before, my brother had asked for the Friday off, and I said, yeah, no problem. Um, So I had already promised him. He had already had his plans. There was no way to contact him. So I was like, eh, I'll just go home the Friday and work, and then I'll come back. No, but I meant, like, why didn't you just let Nick take care of Jackie? Oh, because... So my reasoning was, like, Nick would have to take care of him Friday night and Saturday night. Um, and because I'm a light sleeper, I'm, I'm worried that, like, Nick might sleep through it. And, like, he'd have to clean it up, which is, like, it's no big deal. But it's, like, it would be every two hours kind of thing. So I would be happily sleeping for the next, like, 48 hours. And then Nick would have, like, an awful 48 hours. So I felt bad about that. So at least we could, like, share the pain a little bit. Uh, I have one more question. Sorry. Okay. So if you guys had a child, would you rather you both suffered or would you rather one of you had a 48 hours of good sleep? Um, this depends. How recent did I have the child? How old, Jackie? Three. Let's say the child is three months old. Three months old? Ooh. Mm, at that point, I almost want us both to... Actually, I don't know. Three months is still pretty recent. Then I'd be like, hey, I did all the work. You should at least help out a little bit. So then you would prefer if one of you, only one of you suffered. No, I kind of want us both to suffer. I guess it's like... Why? Misery. I think it's like a misery loves company. Com- camaraderie ship okay. you know okay I, I interesting think that, i think that's what i would want i know like so we went to this like comedian and he was like joking about it and he was like you know i get up through the night so i let my wife sleep and then he's like when i walk in the room my baby like he's like looks pretty pissed off he's like i obviously you already know who i want like what are you gonna do so the dad is like still trying to comfort him like And he's like, it's not the same as the mom, I'm sure, because the baby just, like, likes the mom more. But he's like, you know what? I have to try. Which I think is fair. And Nick brought that up, too. And he was like, the baby will not want my milk. It will only want the mother's milk. And I was like, you do not have milk. (laughs) Um, There's actually, like, contraptions out there where you can put like baby bottles inside of like this like bra thing it's for like men or like people who just don't produce milk to simulate that of like um like drinking milk out of a breast so it is a thing that exists kind of weird i mean no no judgment to anyone who uses it but i don't think nick will want that i think he's okay with a bottle 
Mm. But like, you know, if that's the thing that stops the baby from crying, never yeah. say never. You never know. Yeah, you're right. Until we have a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny because I've been eating a lot of deli meat recently. And every time I eat deli meat, I remember the fact that pregnant women can't eat deli meat. Mm. And I know that you're also eating some turkey recently. Mm-hmm. So every time I get deli meat, I don't know why I think about this, but I'm like, wow, everything that Maggie really is enjoying recently, she cannot have if she ever yep. gets pregnant. Yep. Right after this, I'm about to go buy some deli meat and I might have some sushi for dinner. So these are all the things a pregnant woman cannot eat. And my coffee as well. No caffeine. Yeah, how are you going to survive? I honestly do not know. I am very scared. And I told Nick he's not allowed to eat any of those things while I'm pregnant either. Like, he yeah, can, just, like, like, not near me. But also, he doesn't love that stuff as much as you do. Like, you eat it, like, eight times a week. You Why like are you saying it that I much. eat deli meats eight times a week? <laughs> It's mostly sushi. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, mostly sushi. But I would say Nick eats deli meat more than me. So that would be like his sad part. Oh my god. Him going to the grocery store by himself eating eating the deli deli meat before he gets home. (laughs) I remember the first time I discovered like Genoa salami or like some type some type of hot salami. And my brother, like, Mm -hmm. and Hugh, like, my older brother, he would give it to me in, like, this bag and was, like, my student eats this by, like, the day. Like, he just eats so much of it. And Hugh was, like, I picked some up to try it. And it's, like, pretty good. I got you a bag, too. So then I I remember so vividly on the bus ride home, me and Sally were so hungry. And I took out the salami from my bag. And we'd just be, like, going feral and, like, eating salami in the back of the bus. That's really interesting because to this day, I'm pretty sure Sally still likes that type of salami. Yeah, she does. <laughs> wow. With a core memory. I know. <laughs> core salami memory. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the salami is, like, not cheap. Like, I recently found out that deli meat is, like, very expensive. So the fact that that kid ate deli meat I, oh. by the bag. He tutors, like, rich kids. Rich. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but still. like I know, on, by like, the this day. Kid is, like... <laughs> like, also, that's not good for you. <laughs> Like, that's the thing that will lead to, like, obesity, cancer, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, some deli meats I think are okay, but, like, salami is not. It is quite a fatty Mm -hmm. meat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's your beef or crush of the week? So, my beef of the week is not exactly Nick, but... It has to do with a snap that I received from Maggie, where Nick was eating a fruit roll-up because when he was younger, apparently his mom didn't let him have like a lot of the snacks from when we were younger. So one of the things that was brought up during that conversation was Dunkaroos. And Dunkaroos recently have come back to Canada because nostalgia baiting is really hard, is really popular right now. And... They used to be like $2 per container, like 2 or $3 per like a single Dunkaroos container. And that is absolutely insane. I would never pay that amount of money. And now they come in boxes like back like they did in like the early 2000s when we were kids. So I was like, holy shit, there's the chocolate one. I'm going to go buy it. So I bought it yesterday. It was like $6 for six, which is still kind of pricey when they used to be so cheap back in the day. But I wanted to try it to see if it still was the same. 
I opened it up. The chocolate frosting, still very good. The cookies are absolute shit. I cannot tell you how bad those cookies are. Like the fact that you dip them in chocolate frosting is still somehow not enough to counteract how terrible those cookies taste. They taste nothing like the original. I'm pretty sure it used to be like a graham cracker type of cookie as well. And if you got the chocolate one, I think there was like chocolate bits in it or something. It was excellent, even though I know a lot of people like the vanilla sprinkle frosting version way better, but I'm a chocolate gal. Um, so now I'm contemplating just getting a bucket of Betty Crocker frosting and some honey grams or some graham crackers and just eating it that way. I think it's cheaper, actually. So for anyone looking to buy Dunkaroos, don't do it. Is the Dunkaroo frosting the same as Betty Crocker? I'm pretty sure because I just saw in the box that it was made by Betty Crocker. Oh, shit. So why would they not kind of just reuse the same mm. frosting, right? It's like, um, what is that chocolate? The one with the hazelnut in it. Nutella? Yes, Nutella, but Ferro Rocher. So Ferro Rocher and Nutella are the same company. And if you actually, like, open up a Ferro Rocher, there's like a hazelnut chocolatey thing in it. And that is Nutella. No way. Huh. No wonder it tastes yeah. so familiar. Man, I love Nutella. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. That's so interesting. Um, What does the cookie taste like now for Dunkaroos? Cardboard. Yeah, really? Gross. Yeah. I will save you one. Ew. Okay, I'll bring you fruit roll-ups. We... <laughs> okay, I do not want a fruit roll-up. Me neither. <laughs> I want to get rid of them. <laughs> I do not want the fruit. <laughs> At least the chocolate frosting has is somewhat redeemable, but like fruit roll-ups are like wait, do they taste the same as you remember them too from your childhood? I think so. Like I didn't like them from my childhood because they were so sticky in my mouth and like they'd stick to everything. So yeah, same. I can't believe you didn't even get the blue kind. I don't think they had the blue kind. Uh, sad. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, because I think some things are just like, oh, your like your taste buds have changed since you were a child and you just don't kind of like enjoy it as much. This is like Dunkaroos are not that situation. They've completely changed the cookie recipe. It is very different. That's and so sad. Yeah, do not get them. Well, just get a thing of frosting from Betty Crocker and get some gold like cookies or like graham crackers or something, Teddy Grahams, whatever, and then just dip it in and go nuts something about that is for some reason more depressing than getting dunkaroos i don't know why it's just the image of buying a box of crackers and icing and just eating it sounds like a depressing meal but it's literally just dunkaroos yeah. i will portion yeah. them out for you Thank and you. that way that's what i need <laughs> <laughs> just portioned out but if you just let me go crazy uh yeah then that becomes a depression meal yeah, I think it's the whole like you're an adult and you can now do anything. And apparently the thing that I want to do now is buy a bucket of frosting. <laughs> uh, yes, realizing you have free will as an adult. Yeah, but also realizing that you probably should not do that mm -hmm. as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. I remember buying the fruit roll-ups and thinking he's going to hate this. I know exactly what kind of candies he likes, and he does not like that kind of stuff. And I told him not to get fruit gushers, and now he's determined to try fruit gushers. I, I don't like them. I, 
I would have chose Gushers over Fruit Roll-Ups. I don't love Fruit Gushers either. I think Scooby-Doo Blue snack candies are the superior, like, fruit candy. I don't think they sell only blue candies, though. I think you have to buy them in a pack. not, but I always... (laughs) Yeah, you only pick up the blue ones. (laughs) That's so funny. But, like, how I would used to eat them is I would, like, eat all the other colors and then save all the blue ones for last. That's so funny. I think I would share with my brother, so then I would try to go for the blue ones, and then I'd leave him, like, the other mm-hmm. colors, and he'd be like, what the hell? The good ones are gone. I'm glad this is, like, a shared experience of the yeah. blue ones are the best. Yeah. Did your parents let you buy a lot of, like, snacks, too, as a kid? Um, it was... It depends. Like, I don't think... My parents let me buy a lot, but there was times where, like, I would really want, like, a snack or something, and they would kind of just buy it so, like, I could take with me to, like, lunch or whatever. Um, But on the flip side of that, my dad never really let me have white bread because hmm. he was like, no, brown bread is so much better, white bread isn't good for you, and all that stuff. So he let me have Dunkaroos, but he didn't let me have white bread. That's so Very funny. interesting contrast. You really gotta pick and choose your battles. <laughs> yeah white bread is one of them um i so i was asking like my younger brother about it because i was like i I can't see like mom letting us buy so many snacks but i already know i've tried all of these like i don't know why Mm -hmm. and nikki was like oh it's because hugh took us grocery shopping and remember that one time like hugh let us buy whatever we wanted and it was all snacks and mom got so mad at him and yelled at him for so long because he didn't buy any lunch stuff for us it was just all snacks and I was like, hmm, this is not something I remember, but it sounds like something Hugh would do. That is so sweet. And it's like moments like this where it's like, oh, <laughs> an older brother. But like looking back, it's like, why didn't you buy us any like lunch stuff? Like she gave you money and was like, buy them what they need. And he was like, all oh, snacks, no lunch. How old was he? Probably in high school. Okay. Like, Imagine if you were in high school, like you were 15, 16 years old, probably like 16 because you could drive. But um, let's say you were 16 years old and you took out your little siblings to go buy lunch stuff. Would you not let them just like go nuts and buy snack food because they never get a chance to eat snack food at home? I want to clarify that uh, when my brother was 16, I was probably seven years old. So I feel like I would have been responsible because I can imagine like taking my nephews out and being like, okay, you have to eat your fruits and veggies and like eat some actual food. You can't just eat gummies all the time. So at 16? At 16, yeah. Mm. I just feel like at when your siblings are seven and five years old, you kind of need them to be not relying on snacks for nourishment. Yeah. Still, it created a memory where you got to try a bunch of snacks that you didn't otherwise get to try. Yeah, thanks, Hugh. I don't remember it, but thanks, Hugh. (laughs) Anyways, what's your beef or crush of the week? My crush slash almost a beef is the Rare Beauty Lip Oil from Selena Gomez. Um, I I feel like it's been blown up on TikTok for a long time, and I did so much research into it because the Sephora sale is going on, and I was like, ooh, let's try something cool out. Let's try something new. And this has been raved about on TikTok, and I've seen everyone with the same kind of skin tone as me try on different colors. I chose the one I liked. 
and then as soon as I saw a different review and they were like actually the color you chose Maggie is not that great here's another one and I tried to go buy it and it sold out everywhere every time I try to check back now in Sephora it's sold out so I'm like at least I got one to try that's good um but yes it's good so far it's like a it's like a it's not really a lip oil it's kind of like I don't even know what's the right thing for it but it's like nice it's very subtle right now if you're seeing me on video it does look a little bit dark I feel like it doesn't look like this in person um but it's supposed to last all day long while you eat drink it did not last after my brunch I feel like I went back to my normal skin lip color so it's bordering beef but right now it's a crush because I'm obsessed with the packaging and it just looks so cute so right now it's a crush but it could be a beef that's it that's my beef or crush and also I guess my crush is Nick for again not being sassy and giving me attitude when I woke him up at 4 a.m a bare minimum I know but it's just <laughs> like when you live also with your family too like anytime I woke them mm. up for any reason like I just feel like they gave me so much attitude and I'm like wow it's so nice not to have anyone give you lip back yeah I remember this because when my cousin lived with us he would also always like dribble pee around the toilet and it would Ew. would make the bathroom smell really bad so then when i started living with jordan i was like i am so thankful that you do not dribble pee everywhere when you go to the bathroom which is like such a basic mm -hmm. thing but it really made me appreciate him so i understand yeah I, honestly yeah i think living with your family and then going to live with just one person who you know respects you loves you and like wants to do things that like make you happy and not dribble pee around the toilet seat yeah really makes you appreciate things not the toilet seat around the tile floor of the toilet i just feel like that's so targeted <laughs> like it feels like yeah, hate crime I... when you do that <laughs> like why agreed <laughs> yeah that's horrifying although i think i so we were watching some show or something where this girl was like, yeah, I trained my boyfriend to like sit down while he pees. And I was like, honestly, that's goals. And Nick was like, why, why would you want me to like sit down and pee? And I was like, well, not to be TMI and expose my brother, but he now pees sitting down because he's like, it's just cleaner that way. He understands living with like a bunch of girls in the house. Like they prefer to have like the toilet seat down and everything. So he understands. And I was like, Nick. You could do this too. Not that he's like a messy peer, but I'm just like, I see his point. It's cleaner. Yeah. Jordan does it. He pees sitting down? Mm-hmm. You see, I respect that. Yeah. Because it's like, it also saves like a bunch of steps because it's like, oh, now you don't have to put the toilet seat down. Yeah, exactly. Or up. Or like, it's just like, it saves process time there. It's like, generally, there's no like less splashing that gets mm -hmm. like everywhere around the bathroom. You know, like targets as you, I guess. Yeah. And like, and you can also do other things while you pee, like scrolling on Reddit. <laughs> How long does he pee for? <laughs> Sometimes he's just like Thanks in there for a bit that's an excuse yeah. um yeah that's funny i like even putting the toilet seat up or down or stuff i like even though it's in my own home i'm still like ew i don't want to touch the toilet seat gross yeah i have that too and sometimes in the middle of the night i don't look because i'm just so tired and there has been times where i've almost fallen into the toilet oh because God. someone forgot to put 
not like recently what i think yeah. it was like when i was younger um and i like almost fell in and i was like ew this is disgusting and i uh, hate this and it's 3 a.m mm, i feel yeah i don't know if it's happened to me but i can picture it so vividly in my head that i'm like i feel like this happened to me like the idea of that well. haunts me <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe it's just like a shared experience that like females go through. To be a female. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our topic. Race. Preferences. Um, disclaimer, please do not cancel us. This is just our opinions. That's so funny. I was going to also add that disclaimer too because I feel like this is like a very sensitive topic to talk about for some reason even though it sh shouldn't be as long as they're not being racist yeah but then like is that argument also racist being like i only prefer to date this race well i guess how is that any different than saying i only prefer to date people with dark hair yeah. or mm -hmm. certain features yeah. i'm more attracted to than others that's a good point too I just feel like it's kind of weird to rule out people like, hmm, you have blonde hair, not dating you. Like, it seems so, like, arbitrary, you know, like, they could just dye their hair, then they're going to like them more. Like, it just seems so weird. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But, like, what about, like, height, right? Like, you can't really grow or shrink mm. anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of like you can have your own preferences. And then if you end up dating someone who doesn't meet those preferences, that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's the difference. And I was watching this video on YouTube. I forget what it was. It was either like a nectar or a cut or a jubilee, like one of those <laughs> types of videos. <laughs> yeah. And it was someone saying that it's okay to have a preference, but it's not okay to have like a requirement. Like I will never ever date someone who is Asian, for example. Like I would never I guess limit myself like that mm. and I feel like having like a requirement like no I only can date white people or I can only date like certain races mm -hmm. makes it feel more racist than anything ah so like Canada labor laws for a job posting you can't like I think it's like a legal thing right you can't say like you have to be Chinese to apply like you have to be a woman or something like that right yes I <laughs> there was like a job posting that came out that was like requirements don't include this in the job posting but it was like has to be uh native aka white white or something has to be like young within their 20s or something oh my. it was like this like yeah it was like this company that was i guess hired like a hr recruiting company and like the recruiting company or like someone internally just posted the actual requirements that they were looking for in the job That's and funny. there was like a lot of yeah hmm. um i don't know what to ask what are your preferences actually i'll let you ask the questions i <laughs> i guess it's, it's fine like i can tell you my preferences i know Okay, so basically, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because we did that episode a few weeks ago where I kind of made that joke where I said that Jordan wasn't worried because all of my friends were Asian guys. So it was like, oh, that's not really my type. And for some reason, my mom also knows that um, because kind of a side story, but she has 
a coworker who's been trying to set up her son with someone because his son her son can't seem to get a girlfriend or something and she's like talking about how like successful he is and how like tall he is and all these things and he has his own house whatever blah 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 and my mom's like do you have any friends that could potentially like might want to be looking for this type of guy and i was like no i don't think any of my friends would want to date someone whose mom was trying to set them up like I feel like that's <laughs> oh. kind of an ick <laughs> and I don't know if it was he knows that this is happening or if it's like his mom has just taken it upon herself to try to pimp out her son I guess but I asked oh why didn't you suggest me like or something right um and she's like oh because I know that like you don't like Asian guys and I was like know what i did to you to make you think that because i guess like the like the people that i've introduced to her have all been white but that's just kind of recent even though it's been seven years but it's like eight years eight years of white guys Ooh. doesn't mean i have a requirement or i think it's like my preference is usually people like it's usually white guys and I think I find white guys more attractive, but that doesn't mean that I don't or I wouldn't date like other races as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't find other races attractive. I have in the past dated other races. Um, the relationship just didn't end up working out, not because they were not white, but for a multitude of other reasons. And so I guess just recent track record makes it seem that I only date white men. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good um addendum you made that like you know just because you have a preference doesn't mean like you will never date them kind of thing you won't rule them out yeah and like i'm not going to see someone on the street and be like oh this man's so attractive but he's asian so like there's never a chance yeah that yeah and I guess, like, the lines have always been kind of blurred for me. So, like, in the past, I always thought, like, if you said you would never date an Asian or, like, you just don't find Asian guys attractive. Wait, I forget what it is. One of them is, like, it's, like, you, you prefer to date Asian girls or something. And then one of them is, like, I just will not date Asian girls. Like, I don't find them attractive, that kind of thing. And I always, like, found them to be overlapping like I thought them to be the same thing that's why I was like I feel like it's wrong to have like race preferences like that kind of thing because it's like ruling out an entire race you're saying like they're just not attractive to me they're ugly um and I just remember like so clearly like growing up and in university too this happened where people would like come up to me and they just like say out of the blue like I just don't find Asian girls attractive like sorry I'm ugly like <laughs> you don't need to say that to me Sorry, how did this conversation go? I don't know. Like, literally, I remember so clearly. It was, like, one of our mutual friends had, like, another friend from high school. And then our mutual friend was like, oh, tell tell Maggie what you just told me. And the guy was like, I just don't find Asian girls attractive. Like, I would not, I would never date an Asian girl. And I was like, okay, well, we don't want to date you either. Like, what? Like, I, I, that just felt, like, so random. And then, yeah, I just felt like... And because of that, I just felt like anytime someone said I have a preference for Asian girls or like I don't have a preference or like I prefer not to date Asian girls, I always found that to be like racist because in that moment I felt like that was racist towards me almost. On behalf of all Asian girls, I felt attacked for them. 
Yeah. It's kind of weird because it's like, what were they talking about? Like the mutual friend and this other person. Like, what were they talking know. about? To... I just walked in the room and they said that to me. And I was like, why did I just come in to be like attacked? You caught a stray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the race of the guy that said that to you? Um, Arab? Egyptian? Mm, okay. Not that I guess it would be any better if they were Asian or they were like another race. I don't know. I was just curious, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Eh, yeah, I don't know. That I'm sorry that has happened to you and I fully understand. And I think a lot of people are the same way because it's like it's such a like a touchy subject almost that like you don't really just like kind of talk about it in detail. And when you start talking about it in more depth and more detail, you start to sometimes just like stick your foot in your mouth. Like the yeah. more you talk about it, the more something might come out and the more people are like, Ooh, maybe mm -hmm. she is racist. Yeah. They are racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I'm always afraid of being canceled. Yeah. Um, before we started, Maggie asked me, what did you want to talk about this week? And I listed two different things. And when I listed this one, she was like, um, like, we're probably going to get canceled for this. Like, <laughs> can we actually do this? Because once again, the lines are always blurred. <laughs> yes. And I think that's true. And yeah. the best part about a podcast, or at least this podcast, is that we do edit afterwards. So if we do say anything racist, we can always <laughs> just cut it out. What is, I guess, your preference? Or do you have a preference? Um, yeah, I think my preference tends to be kind of like taller white guys who are a little bit nerdy, brunette. Um, not that I have not found other races attractive. But yeah, I think I always swipe, tend to swipe right on people who are like conventionally attractive. interesting what would you define as conventionally attractive i don't know i just think like the guys um oh man this is bad <laughs> um i don't know i just think like the guys who just like they look like very photogenic in their pictures and i don't know like to me like okay maybe it's like my main character coming out but when i find a guy attractive I'm like oh my god they're conventionally attractive everyone thinks they're attractive and i swipe so maybe it's just like my main character coming out. Would you say there's like a particular race where you, when you say conventionally attractive, that tends to like men tend to fall into that particular race? Mm. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to make you answer that, but I think that's an interesting point of um, like. Yeah, well. No, I feel like conventionally attractive applies to every race, you know, like, I think Pretty it's like a good bone structure, a nice smile, kind of tall, and then like darker hair. I think like that's like my, what my definition of conventional is. Okay, that's kind of, <laughs> how do you tell when someone's tall in a picture? I just have to rely on their like self-disclaimed height. <laughs> Okay, I see. Well, that's conventional. Do you think Bill Hader is conventionally attractive? Bill Hader? Um, no. I'm okay. just really attracted just to him. 
<laughs> like I know just I just know objectively when guys are not attractive but I still have like a very strong attraction to them like Bill Hader which is funny because I saw like Bill Hader and Ali Wong like are dating now and I was saying to Nick like oh my god she's living my dream and he was like what like this guy arguably she is much more attractive than he is mm, debatable no offense to Ali Wong at all, but I just, like, love Bill Hader. I just think he's so attractive. Have you watched Barry? Yeah. I'm watching season four okay. right now. Okay. And when you see um, Bill Hader as Barry, does that ever change your Listen, perception of you separate him? the character from the person, okay? <laughs> I love Bill Hader, not Barry. Okay, but to be, it's hard, though, when you see someone that you like being yeah. a sociopath. Yeah, it's like, and he's in that acting class. I'm just like, what is this, like, 50-year-old man doing with all these, like, young, hot L.A. people? That's very interesting. And I, where do you think that your type or preference might have come from? For sure, growing up in a very white city. I think it's just, like... Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but it was like, you know, you you grow up, you're the only Asian person. Everyone around you is white. Everyone around you, like, has a crush on, like, a certain, like, white boy. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, so this is, like, what the standard for, like, attractiveness is. Or, like, this is, like, what a good-looking person is. And then I think it's, like, over time, like, you start to have a crush on the same people. I, I know this is probably not universal to everyone. But I know, like, you and me, we tend to gravitate towards white people, white guys. Um, and even my friend Jen, like, she's she's dating now, too. And she's, it's interesting because, like, she's been going out with, it's like a mix of Asian guys and white guys, not to go off topic. Um, but she, like, she recently went on a date with an Asian guy and he... Was he immigrated to Canada when he was four years old? He was telling her about all these things like he's never gone like golfing, skiing, like he hasn't done all these sports and stuff. And when she mentioned she has, he was like, Oh, you're pretty whitewashed. And he was like, He gets along more with like international students because they, they have like a shared experience, shared upbringing. And like in the back of my head, I'm like, He came here when he was four years old. How can he remember anything from China? Um, but like I was telling her too, and her parents said something similar where like, because we're too, like, whitewashed, like, we, this is why we can't go after Asian guys, or, like, we're not attracted to Asian guys, because we don't have that shared experience for some reason. Like, we don't have that, <laughs> I guess because we're not, we're second gen? Whatever it is, where our parents are immigrants and we were born, raised here. But we have that mindset of privileged, according to my mom, that we don't have that um asian asian grind i don't i don't know what it is but it's like that third world country mentality and then my mom was like i could never see you dating like an asian the only way you would date an asian guy was if he was whitewashed like you which i find kind of offensive but i understood yes i also kind of i yeah it's very interesting where it's like i came here when i was like three and a half like I was almost four and I did go back for a couple of years but I still wouldn't say like I connect more with like international students and stuff so I do wonder what like his upbringing was like such that he's like that I mean it could be just he grew up in a predominantly like 
multiracial community mm-hmm. like if you grew up because like there's definitely like places where it's like everyone you see is like asian or like everyone mm-hmm. you see is non-white because like even in like the outskirts of toronto like there's areas where it's like markham is and like richmond hill is like very asian like you mm-hmm. probably see more asian people in those areas than you do white people mm-hmm. even though it's somewhere in canada and in ontario yeah so yeah. i think it yeah i think it's partly the people that you grew up with and around and you kind of just like i guess adapt to i don't know make friends mm-hmm. um be similar to the people around you you want to be part of the in group but also like media when we were younger were so white like there was never like a person of color mm-hmm. in anything yeah unless they were like a side character so mm-hmm. i remember one of the first crushes i ever had for like a celebrity was like jesse mccartney or like what was the other one he also looked like jesse like carter something aaron carter aaron from backstreet boys yeah yeah was he from Backstreet Boys? Or no, Nick he was Carter? the brother. Yeah, Nick, Nick Carter. Carter. Nick Carter was Nick one Carter. I had a huge crush on. Yeah. Oh, I had. Let me. The one that died. Oh, that's Aaron Carter. That's his brother. Yeah. Yes. I had a crush on Aaron Carter and I had a crush on Jesse McCartney, and I remember those two blonde. being like my very first crushes. Okay, but. <laughs> it's funny that Jordan is blonde. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jordan is not, I would say, like what I would say my typical type is which is usually brunettes i don't know if that's like <laughs> hmm, but your first celebrity crushes <laughs> you think jordan's a celebrity yeah <laughs> i i guess that's interesting but yeah media upbringing want to be part of the in-group and everything like that and the whole like your mom saying that she could only see you with like an asian guy if they were also whitewashed i think you would have trouble getting along with someone with like an asian guy or like an any type of guy that was not quote unquote like whitewashed because you don't have the shared experience of integrating into white society because <laughs> that's yeah. a weird thing to say well so like growing up though like we always knew that we weren't white and like mm-hmm. for me for a long time that was my biggest hurdle that I was like, why am I not white and attractive? And then I remember when I came to high school, that was like where I found so many like Asian people. And I was like, oh my God, I need to find an Asian guy now to like. And then I remember there was only one kind of cute guy at our high school. And then he just was like such a dick. And he was like, <laughs> all these Asian girls like me. And I'm like, fuck, he's the only like Asian guy in our school. Okay, not the only, but he's the only kind of cute Asian guy at our school. Like, of course, he's going to think all these girls like him. Um, and then, yeah, I wasn't even sure if, like, I actually liked him or if I liked him because he was the first attractive Asian guy I saw. So, I don't know. What I was going to say was, like, if you said a different name of someone who is our age, I think a lot of the Asian girls in our year did have a crush on the Asian guys in our year. Mm. Yeah, I was personally not attracted to them or their personality one of them i think had a relatively okay personality in comparison to the rest of them because they hung out together i i got them all mixed up not race wise i was just wow, like no not because of that but i just like oh they all hang out together that means they all have shitty personalities like it's weird because like even in high school 
I don't think I was like attracted to them at all. But maybe it was just like a, I know they're not attracted to me, so I'm not attracted mm, to them because yeah. I'm not usually what. And I'm like generalizing here what like Asian men look for, and so I kind of just like was like, well, I know they're not going to be attracted to me. I'm not going to be attracted to them, kind of thing. So I never really liked them. Plus, I like I was like, oh, all the other girls, all the other Asian girls that like we were friends with, like hat like thought they were cute and things like that. And so I was like, I'm not going to get into this. Yeah, I I think that's another thing too like maybe it's like a generalization but it's but yeah I think like like I for sure was not like skinny feminine um I don't know pale I don't know what I actually Asian guys look for but I but you're right like I feel like I ruled myself out because I'm like oh I don't like these Asian guys I just feel like I'm also not their type um Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that's a racist thing, but I've just felt like, like, even my whole life, like, I've never felt like an Asian guy has really expressed interest in me. Like, we've always been friends, and they've always gone after, like, my other friends who have, like, fit the, the, I don't know, the stereotype of what an Asian guy wants in an Asian girl. Yeah, that makes sense. It's also kind of interesting where it's like, if you are whitewashed and you meet another asian guy who's whitewashed is there some some kind of like the asian the whitewashed asian guy might go for the like white girl because as Mm. you are the whitewashed asian girl you might go for the white guy yeah is it like i don't know like remember that happened with shake and deep d on love is blind and they were both like yeah Mm -hmm. i usually date white guys i usually date white girls then they tried to Mm -hmm. match up but then he just wasn't attracted to her so yeah i I don't know, like, on TikTok, too, like, there's this thing where it's, like, internalized racism a little bit. And every time I see that pop up, I get kind of offended because I'm, like, I'm not racist to any myself or, like, my family or anyone who's Asian. Like, this is just my preference. And then, like, they always talk about how Asian girls are always dating white guys. And then um, another thing was, like, it's, like, it's, like, this these girls being like oh my life was like so much harder when I dated a white guy now I'm dating an Asian guy and everything is right again or like I just feel like my my needs and my wants and stuff are all met and I'm like part of me is like this feels like weird like it feels like almost racist in its own way where it's like why do Asian girls have to date Asian guys like that's great that that you two found each other or whatever but I feel like that's a weird generalization to be like Asian girls should only date Asian guys and how come it's always picked on that Asian girls date a white guy why can't Asian girls just do whatever they want yeah it's weird because it could just been the white guy or the white guys that she's dated wasn't the right fit for her and the one Asian guy that she did date was the right fit but it really didn't really have anything to do with race but I do as a caveat know that like shared experiences are like a good Thing, like a good foundation to have like if like the shared experiences of being black like I would never understand what it's like to be black or to grow up black and it's like I think I would have to be educated on a lot of things in relation to that but I'd be like willing to learn and I think that's something that's like very important and I do there are definitely times where I find it difficult or not like I wouldn't say difficult but I do have times where I 
talk to Jordan about like things that have happened in my childhood or the things that my parents are like did or whatever. And he was like, oh, like, I don't really understand that because this is what my childhood was like. And he can empathize, but he he never really fully knows because he didn't live that versus like maybe date, if I were dating another Asian guy or like he would know like because he went through the exact same thing. Yeah. The reverse of this. So we both have preferences for, I guess, white men. But when a white man has a preference for Asian females, we immediately bounce to the, oh, he has yellow fever or he is fetishizing Asian women. Like, why doesn't it go both ways? Good question. Um, well, I feel like a little bit of it does go both ways. Like, you know how Asians always think, like, lighter skin means you're more attractive? Like, everyone aspires mm -hmm. to have light skin, so immediately when they see a white guy, they think he's attractive. Um, yeah. So I feel like it, it does kind of go both ways. Um, but when, yeah, you're right, when a white guy does like an Asian girl, hmm, I guess it's like... I don't know why is it why do we see it like a fetish do you have an answer no i just I, thought it was an interesting well okay so when i see white guys who are like really into like japanese culture and they only mm -hmm. date like asian girls that's when i'm like Ugh. like do you actually like that's great that you're really into the culture but my first mind my first thought is oh god he doesn't even he likes the idea of her. He maybe he doesn't like being with her if he's just so like immersed in this culture or like the idea of it. I don't know. But I guess that's a good point. Like why do we see it as a fetish? Because I remember when I me and Nick started dating, I had a couple friends ask me like, "Do you think he has like an Asian fetish?" And I and like I was kind of offended. I'm like, "You think like a guy just likes me because it's a fetish? Like what? Like he can't just like well, me also because I'm me?" But I also do have to rule it out, too. You're right. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I do remember you asking him because his exes were Asian, or at least one of them was. Yeah. Yeah. To this day, I still joke and ask him. <laughs> yeah. I would. Yeah, I feel like it's, like, shitty that they ask. But then it's also, like, would I ask the same question to you? Where it's, like, if you told me that all, like, his exes, let's say, were all Asian, I'd be like... I know, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like when our friend's boyfriend was like, oh, you know, Jordan has like very um, diverse tastes. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you know, he must be like pretty diverse to be like from where, where he is from and date Wanda. And I was like, what? Are you just saying that because he's like very white and milky and Wanda <laughs> is Asian? Like, you know, Wanda has the confidence of a white man, right? <laughs> Uh, white and milky. <laughs> <laughs> You're white and milky too. <laughs> that is so gross, though. You don't like. Is that how you describe skin color as milky? <laughs> I just that's how I imagine you and Jordan. Like immediately when I picture you both, you're both like very pale and white in my head. <laughs> like a glass of milk. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I don't know if we should take that as a compliment. I don't know how to like, take that. Like, I mean, you're just both very white. 
<laughs> like skin. Like you're both very skin color white. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, it's not, neither a compliment it's or not, an insult. It's not. It's just a fact. It's not a compliment yeah, okay. or insult. <laughs> okay, thank you. I forgot um, what I was saying. I just wanted to bring that up because it was funny. Okay. <laughs> Something about the fact that you still can't roll out jokingly that Nick might have an Asian. But like Nick's not immersed in like I think okay, so maybe that's kind of like a line where it's like how immersed are they in Oh, I think it's I like they have to like consume Asian media for one thing. Like mm-hmm. listen to K pop, J pop, read manga, watch anime. It's just like it's like one of their hobbies they they're into, uh, and they look to you. I think it's like the fetish. It's like where they look to you to maybe like fill in the blanks or like maybe they want to learn more about the culture. Maybe they don't actually want to date you. They just really like the, the fact that you're Asian. I think that's like the fetish part. It's like they don't yeah like you as a person, just that you're Asian. Mm-hmm. But we still joke about the fetish even yes. though we like sometimes we don't know yeah i think i would never ask so i i like to think i would never ask but i would definitely like look for signs like so what a, so jordan what do you like to do in your spare time <laughs> or like jordan what's your favorite type of cuisine uh, it's not chinese food <laughs> let me tell you that <laughs> um yeah that's actually kind of interesting and i feel like i have my in the past have brought it up like And I kind of feel bad for it now, I guess, where it's like, if you were to tell me that someone you're seeing, like, all their exes or some of their exes have been, like, Asian, it'd be like, question mark. Yeah, like, there's, like, a question mark. And I feel like I might ask the question where Uh it's like, do you know for a fact that, like, they, it's because they like you. But I, like, I hope that it comes from like a place of because I care about you and I don't want you to be fetishized versus versus like oh you can't be liked for anything else yeah. other than your Asianness. Yeah. I guess like I will say I think the people who ask are like the people like us who grew up in like very white neighborhoods, cities, classmates kind of thing because mm-hmm. I think like we're the only ones who kind of see it I guess I guess because like growing up we were always like oh we're not the attractive ones like the white Mm -hmm. girls are the attractive ones we're like the ugly girls kind of thing so I think it's kind of like is it like making is it making sure that you're okay is it internalized racism you'll never know their intent yeah so I guess I will just never ask that question and instead I will prod Mm -hmm. their significant other with what are hobbies what do you like watching how what are your thoughts on like anime yeah exactly <laughs> are you trying to learn japanese or korean right now <laughs> do you listen to k-pop j-pop baby rock <laughs> what's baby, baby rock i don't know if baby rock's actually a thing but i think baby metal's a thing what's and baby it's metal popular, it's like japanese girls doing metal oh. music it's very niche hmm. but oh i have two th- i have two i have two paths that i can take right now the one path is like how do you feel about the fetishization of like asian men because of the popularity of like bts and mm. k-pop and the other one is like what about the people that we grew up with that were asian that didn't develop like 
an attraction to just white guys or like a preference for white guys i guess like my first thought is i feel kind of bad for the asian guys because like you're right i've seen like a lot of fan fiction and like memes kind of come out where girls like only want to date a korean guy for some reason um Mm -hmm. and yeah i feel like that's kind of yucky too it's always like the white girls who kind of want to date the korean guy yeah i feel that's kind of yucky yes like they don't actually find them attractive but they're kind of like bandwagoning because they're like oh my god you're korean like bts yeah i feel like that's kind of weird it's like you wouldn't do that for a white artist you know like i'm like oh my god you're white like justin bieber i have to date you i mean like a lot of guys got the justin bieber haircut or like had the justin bieber haircut yeah that looked that might have been a coincidence though yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah still i feel like it just like wouldn't go the same like oh my god i have to date you because you have this haircut not like i have to date you Mm -hmm. because you're korean that's different so the poor korean guys But also on the flip side of that, I know that like Asian men for a long time have struggled to be seen as like, like hot um, versus just like cute or or, like as someone that I wouldn't really date because not me, like the royal, I guess we wouldn't (laughs) date kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's kind of like because of the popularity of like BTS and like we're seeing more like Asian males being the leading man in like rom-coms and things like that like i think their attractiveness or like their ability to be hot is like growing and becoming more well accepted yeah for sure and my friend too like brought up an interesting point when we were kind of on this topic she was like asian guys have struggled because they like they're a little more feminine not like actually feminine but they're definitely like you know on the stereotype side like they're more skinny like um they're they care more about like cleanliness like their clothes and stuff not all asian guys obviously but it's just like they don't resemble like what the western hotness is like muscly abs like very um dominant kind of thing and and that's like i don't know western media like pushing stuff on us so asian guys have always been put in the back burner and then when you do see like a very and now because of like i don't know better representation of asian guys now when you see like an attractive attractive tall buff asian guy like my friend has said like you know all these girls will be flocking to them because this is the guy that they want they finally found i don't know like their ideal type in an asian guy and this is who they want and then he ends up being a dick he he has all these girls flocking around him. I don't know how true that is. It could be. It feels like her very like targeted experience because she went to Western University. Um, so I don't mm. know. Yeah. It's it's hard to say because it's like why is just being fit kind of hot? Like there people like feminine guys. Like metrosexuality is like a thing there's like edgy guys and like people who are more i guess into like the edgy scene tend to be more skinny and less fit kind of thing so it's like there's a spectrum of like it i guess it's like you don't need to be a fit buff 
Asian guy to be considered attractive, I guess, in the first place. Yeah. I think you, if you are, you might be considered to be, as Maggie said, conventionally attractive. And that might be why that, like, girls are flocking to you versus, like, oh, you might be more of, like, a, like, a specific taste of, like, some people but not others because, again, you're not considered conventionally attractive. I don't know. I, there's a lot... <laughs> There's a lot of issues, I guess, I find with, like, the mentality, but I just don't really know why I find issues with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder, too, if another thing is, like, puberty. Because I guess, like, Asian, or just not even Asian, just girls in general will just, like, go through puberty sooner. Like, they'll glow up sooner. Like, they know how to better dress, take care of themselves, that kind of thing. And maybe guys are just more delayed, so it takes them a really long time to have their glow up. Like, it depends what they want, I guess. Mm -hmm. I feel like my brother and even my boyfriend, they both took a long time to find the style that suits them. I think, like, into their 20s was when they started to, like, know how to dress, know how to do better stuff. So maybe, like, that's why. And by the time they figure it out, it might be too late. I don't... I mean, I hope not it's too late, but maybe, like, that's where the whole their whole like uh asian guys are not hot thing comes from maybe i don't know Mm. i think it's mostly like a kind of like a media thing where it's like you never Mm. really saw asian men as attractive and then they were kind of just stereotyped as people that were more feminine i guess um so girls were like "Ooh, i don't want feminine men that's a good point like asian girls growing up we had lucy Liu. who did the asian guys have who was like asian whitewashed I don't know. I was going to say Jackie Chan, but he's not really, like, American. Yeah, I also wouldn't say he was, like, attractive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They had no one supporting them. Sorry, Asian guys. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, that's interesting. I forgot about Lucy Liu. Now they have Simu Liu. (laughs) And I wouldn't even say that Simu is, like, conventionally attractive. I think he's just, like, Like, muscly and, like, tall. I think that's what adds to the conventional attractive that goes to prove wanda's theory from a few episodes back if if you're work if you work out and you're kind of buff you're automatically attractive you're definitely more attractive than yeah not you're automatically attractive but you can't be ugly i think that's what your theory is yeah yeah i think Uh, i think there's a yeah i think there's a few other things where it's like get a good haircut know how to dress kind of Mm -hmm. thing and it's like instantly you're like attractiveness will just like skyrocket even if you are not like you weren't born to be like conventionally attractive like Mm -hmm. you weren't born to look like chris evans for example shame or yeah yeah if okay to be fair if everyone was born to look like chris evans chris evans would not be as attractive yeah (laughs) that would just be a baseline average yeah um so what about i guess like kind of the other side of the people who did grow up with us very similar childhoods but didn't end up having the same preferences that we do what about them i feel like that's okay too i know my brother definitely has a preference for asian girls yeah and a lot of the our like female friends that we had in high school also have a preference for asian guys yeah I do, like, wonder what it what it is. Like, 
because we had very similar like upbringings like same not same crushes i think maybe that's what it is we never always had we never had the same crushes and i think like growing up they had a bit more diversity in their crushes i think so There was one Asian guy in my middle school, and he was an absolute douchebag. Yeah, I was going to say, I had, like, one Asian guy, too, in my middle school, and I did not find him attractive. And I hated him because everyone kept being like, Maggie must like him because he's the only Asian guy. Oh, my God. Which is kind of weird. Wait, did other, did your friends come later? Yeah. Like, were you just... <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Well, <laughs> but for some reason, like, they would only say it to me. Like, Sally was still there, but they never said it to her. Oh. So I was like... That's so huh. weird. Well, they said Maggie likes him because he's Vietnamese, and Maggie's Vietnamese. Ah. Uh, and I was like, is this... Is this racial, racial coupling? Good for them for correctly identifying what type of... I know, at least if you're going to be racist, <laughs> you knew the, <laughs> knew the background. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had that too, where I was the only Asian girl, he was the only Asian guy, and everyone was like, you have to like each other, right? Like, you have to date, right? Because it's like, you're both Asian. We hated each other. He absolutely hated me, and I think I've talked about this before, and I wonder if it's because he, like, everyone pushed so hard that like, sure. we had to like each mm-hmm. other, that he kind of just, like, went the opposite direction. But he was... I. I can remember his face so vividly and how big of a dick he was that it's just like it triggers me even now to think about it. Mm. Yeah. I do not blame either of you. Yeah. I wonder what who's who he's dating slash married to now at this point. Do you think our like the people we know who are dating Asian guys, do you think they're whitewashed? Yes, but I also think what my theory was was that they just consumed more Asian media, I think, growing mm. up than we might have. Yeah. So, like, we watched more, like, dramas um, based out of Asia, mm. music based out of Asia. So then it kind of, like, that kind of overrode their type or, like, their upbringing in a way. Um, and that was kind of just how they develop their preference versus like i think we consumed more traditional western media growing up because we have so many tv shows we have in common and i do know that both of us have been through like phases of watching more like k-dramas or listening to like k-pop and things like that but it was never as sticky as western music and western dramas yeah that's actually a really good point because yeah my younger brother he Watches a lot of anime and reads a lot of manga and listens to a lot of J-pop. So I guess this makes sense. There, I like, I think about this moment because I was telling Jordan about this where I, when I was younger, I opened or like I borrowed this manga book from the library and I was like so excited because I was really into art back then and I thought the graphics were really cool and I tried to open it up like a normal book and I tried to read it and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I, how do I even read this? And then I ended up returning it, never having read it. <laughs> but that could have been my fork in the road to mm-hmm. <laughs> who I, like, I could have been a completely different person <laughs> if I figured out that you're supposed to read it from right to left. Mm-hmm. Left. Yeah. That's, yeah. So opposite way. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. I 
think I remember my first manga book was in Conspiracy Comics, and, like, a white person told me how to read manga. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it, they told me, because, like, I didn't know how. Yeah. But now they have, like, I, I was, like, the reason I brought this up was because I saw an advertisement for, like, at an Indigo or some, like, bookstore or something that t was, like, on mangas, you read this way to this way. And I was, like, wow, if I had that as a kid... That could have been, like, so instrumental to changing who I was. Mm -hmm. It's funny because yeah. um, Nick's friends are, like, really into manga anime, and Nick is, like, not. And, mm -hmm. like, he went shopping with them. He somehow got peer pressured into buying his first manga book. Um, and I remember, like, I remember my brother was really into that one, and I was telling Nick, like, you're not going to like that one. It's, like, a little bit scary. It's, like, a thriller, like... I just don't see you liking this. And he said, no, 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 mm -hmm. it's okay. That's why I bought it. I'm going to keep it. And I remember the the day he read it, he sat down on the bed and was reading it for two minutes and then stopped. And I was like, oh, like, you're not going to read anymore? And he was like, no, I do not like reading, even if it's mostly pictures. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so that was, that was his fork in the road. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, like, oh, Maggie, you're right. I don't really like thrillers. Nope. I don't like reading. Yep, he, he did five pages of it. <laughs> he didn't even get to the gory part. <laughs> that is so funny, but I understand him completely because I also have trouble reading recently. Hmm. But, like, this episode, we kind of talked a lot about, like, our experiences, I guess, as, like, Asian females and also kind of, like, experiences, like, with Asian men kind of thing. And it's, like, we understand that there's a lot of, like other races that we did not touch on but i also don't feel like we have enough background education experience to be able to talk about them properly i guess yeah so that is why we skipped that because we already know we're gonna get canceled but we want to get canceled for the right reason i don't think we said anything that like i would think is like super controversial yeah we should have more of our friends on, our people of color friends, <laughs> to talk about their experiences. <laughs> Why is it that, like, the entirety or, like, half of this podcast, I was just thinking, I was like, man, I wish we had, like, one of our friends on that has, like, a different type or preference than we do, <laughs> because, like, it really would balance it out a lot better. It would. Too bad we share one brain cell, so, like, I'll... The people we are interested are have a Venn diagram. Like we have like different yeah. preferences. Like still white guy, but like different preferences than a white guy. Yeah, but it's like again, not very diverse. But any final thoughts before we leave today? Love everyone, and if you happen to love someone more, that's okay. I mean, I hope you have one more. You do have a family, uh, you do have a boyfriend, and you do yeah. have friends. Exactly. And they're not all white. Oh my goodness. What I didn't, like, what I've thought about a lot, and this is, I guess, my concluding thought, it's all of my friends are Asian, but why is my type in men white? Yeah, I've thought about this too. Like, why don't I have any white friends who I hang out with on a daily basis other than Nick? Yeah. <laughs> so, because 
I feel like I'm friends with you because I relate most to you and you have a lot of the same shared experiences that I had growing up. But why would I not want that in a partner? Or like, why would I not? Most of our friends are pretty whitewashed. Yeah, but also you understand the things that I had went through as a child. You like you know what it's like. Me. <laughs> I digress. I get it. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks for listening to another episode. Go like us and follow us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And go listen to us and like us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Enjoy us again next Thursday for another episode of Apologetically Me, unless we get canceled. Bye. Bye.